You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to the Vicious Circle, Sid. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Rob. How you been doing? Good. I've been having a great day. How's your day been? Man, it's been really good. Really good. Yes, we got a lot of people already jumping on here where it says, uh, we're going live. Merry Christmas from Stuart. Oh, and then Jeremy here says, Merry Christmas, Robin Sid from Imperial, California. All right. Merry Christmas. Kurt says, Merry Christmas, Robin Sid. Like, everybody is saying Merry Christmas. Well, Greg, I hope everybody is having a very good Christmas tonight, today. Exactly. How are, how's the weather in your area? It's cold. It dropped off like, I guess, most places across the country had that big cold front come through everywhere. It was like 22 degrees here last night. Oh, so it's it almost like, like it is up here. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, because we actually have snow. I think I, I saw sent that, you a little video. <laughs> I saw that little video. That was pretty nice to see that. At least yeah. someone had to go on Christmas. Exactly. Nope. Oh, and here is Val. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas, Val. And Happy yeah, New Year. Oh, and, and Marty, everybody say Merry Christmas. This is so Good. awesome. This is awesome. I told you, Rob, Christmas used to be the biggest night for wrestling at one time. Maybe it'll be the biggest night for podcasts, you know? I think so. Oh, dear. Even Dr. Stevel said Merry Christmas All to right. and co-host Ron. Oh, that's cold. <laughs> yeah, hey, Steve. Be nice. Uh huh. Oh, what a guy. Now, um, we were a little late coming on because Macho Santa was supposed to be here to, right. to name some names. We're having some technical difficulties. So, after we're done our show, we're going to hop back on, and Macho Santa will be here to, to call out the names for all those prizes he has to give out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we was uh, we were laughing pretty hard at him a while ago. <laughs> yeah, I know he was getting frustrated too. Technology yeah, is just yeah. Amazing. He actually made me feel smart, and that's pretty hard to do. <laughs> the technology, anyway. So now, one of the things that you were texting me today was about a couple songs. Yeah, I heard a couple today. It was um, it was Christmas blues songs the last couple of days. You know, for a couple of segments, and one you you got the, I think the lady's name. Uh, the song is called There Ain't No Chimney in the Ghettos. Yes. And that was a really good blues song right there. Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. Dap Kings. There ain't no chimney in the ghettos. And then uh, I didn't hear this one. I was Actually, I was uh, the same lady that I took the meal to uh, on Thanksgiving. I took her meal for Christmas and a Christmas present. And I was out of my truck to give her the Christmas meal. That so A song came on. And I know it has to be pretty good. I haven't heard it. But I'm going to throw it out there for what it's called. It's Clarence Carter, The Backdoor Santa. So we can only imagine what that's about. Remember I, that song? You remember Clarence Carter, Rob? Yes. His big okay. hit was Stroking. Stroking. So we can imagine what Backdoor Santa is, right? And I'm very curious <coughs> because I looked. it was released in 1968. <coughs> really? <coughs> yes. So but uh, I did. Um, I heard a couple of those. Now, I'll tell you what. There's, when I think about wrestling, and I don't know why it's not really a wrestling, it's not a Christmas or a wrestling song, but it does make me think of wrestling. I heard it the other day. I was in Memphis. It was a song by Patty Loveless. It was called, I think it's called, There's No Leaving Harlan Alive. And it would be talking about Harlan, Kentucky. 
it was just coincidence that was one of my first road trips in my first full-time territory working when I was working in Continental. Uh, me and Bruno had left uh, where we were living in Birmingham, Centerpoint, and rode up to um, outside Knoxville in Somerville or Somerset, Kentucky, and then we did Harlan, Kentucky. We had heard about it. It was like the most, you know, the most notorious place to go. The fans were just – I heard from things they carried chainsaws and this and that. They were just oh, wow. not scared of wrestlers. You didn't give them crap. You know, they you know, really heal people too, you know. So, but um, that's a pretty good song. Outside of Patty, uh, Patty Lovers too, this is – uh, I don't, I'm not saying I don't think she's great. She's not. She's got some good stuff. But this is one I heard from her that is really good. I think it's the best one I've heard her sing. Uh, and it's got a, sort of like good ballad type of deal. Um, but I think it's uh, You Won't Leave Harlan Alive. And then I haven't really picked out a song. There's an artist, too, I've thought about that I've heard a c- couple times the last few days on the station. I listen to is Valerie June. You ever listen to her, Rob? No. Well, I- Okay, I listened to, to Weevil, so I may have heard her, but just right. not heard the name. <clears throat> I saw her the first time years ago on, on PBS on Austin City Limits, and she was just uh, – she, she's got some cool stuff, man. Really does. Nice. Uh, Never's got a question here. Whose living room is that with the Christmas tree? Looks like a room in the Oval Office. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's actually my uh, man cave. Yep. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I don't know what Rob came up with that. I googled Christmas atmosphere, and that was the first thing that popped up. <coughs> Good deal. Okay, so tonight's topic, we're going to get into AEW. Right. Um, I did have one person here. Oh man, these the comments are going by so fast. There was a really good question. I am just trying to find it. Here it is. Stuart Cox said. Sid, for many years, you were probably on the road doing work for WWE or WCW during Christmas. What is a good Christmas story for the road that you have? Let's see. Um, probably the time I helped the Grinch steal Christmas. Everybody was asleep. Um, I was, I forget what town I was going to, and everybody in the car was with me was asleep. And all of a sudden, I seen this sleigh with a bunch of stuff behind it with some stupid little dog pushing the sleigh. And it sort of came to a stop there in front of my car. It was snowing. Anyway, I'll tell that story some other time. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Right. <laughs> well, tonight to help us talk AEW, um, and I hope everybody out there has got some AEW questions because that was a very interesting show. Um, we had a band at the Chatham-Kent International Film Festival called Fighting Grace. They came out and played. And this gentleman is the lead singer of that band, and his name is Jeff Alan, Jeff, how you doing? Hello, everybody. Doing well. Doing well. Thanks for having me. Uh, our pleasure. <laughs> so, you guys both got. To, I only got to watch the first half of of Dynamite because apparently wherever I was watching it, I don't think it was one hundred percent legal. Because I started it, I stopped it, I went and did something else, I came back, and it was gone. Hmm. Sony Con got it. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it was a legal streaming site that I was on, so yeah. I have to find another one. So I only well, watched the first three matches. Uh, well, this past week, because it was at a different time, I didn't watch it at all. Oh, you didn't? Uh, yeah, it was on know. later. Yeah. What it was is preempted or pushed back, and it said didn't say live. It said new, meaning it's probably um, had been taped. And what it was, it was I, I, what got them was pro basketball, and I was watching um, – what night was Wednesday night? I forget what I was watching, but I ended up watching something else. Well, this was interesting because when Jeff first came on to talk about it, <coughs> um, he said he didn't know what the ratings were. So I looked him up and it says last night's holiday bass edition of Dynamite averaged 775,000 viewers on TNT, down 3.8% from last week. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, and it's this is on a night where AEW aired two hours later than. NXT. Right. NXT on the USA network running unopposed average 698,000 viewers Ooh. down 8.9% from last week. Wow. So or people just hate wrestling. <laughs> I guess I, I think it's more so the I mean last week with the AEW I can see the blip being that that 3.9% a good part of it being the uh, uh, I mean it's it's normally on at 8 it was on at 10:30 uh here uh so I mean people just 
don't want to let stay up that late maybe to watch wrestling. I mean, I, I do, but I'm up till three in the morning anyways. But I think with the main brand, and this could just be me, and I was talking a little bit with Robbie about this before. Myself, I've been dedicated to watching the main brand through the years of stuff that maybe got bland. Um, and even myself now, I mean, I've watched it since I was three years old. And I'm almost at the point where I'm just sick of spending two or three hours watching a product that's not entertaining me other than maybe a couple promos here and there and one match or two out of the card. Um, and I, I feel like AEW is at least getting the entertainment aspect where maybe some production errors occur, whatever they're new young. Um, I, th I think the main brand just getting a little bit boring for a lot of people. Well, I, you know, there could be, and I don't know what, how the ratings go, but when you hear that, um, both well, we would you would expect that AEW would be down because they're in a different time slot. They came on about the time they or came on the time they normally go off, but you would think automatically that the other show would get more viewers, mm -hmm. right? You would just think that, right? So, I wonder if it's possible that that the two the two shows actually do help each other. You mean maybe are the people turning mm -hmm. off back? Is it, is it possible for the TV networks to know that I'm turning back and forth that often that you can count me watching sort of both shows. Oh, you know what I mean? Could you catch me that? Dude, that I don't know. That would make sense. <laughs> I remember even back in the because the, 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 they were both down. The other one was down a little bit more than the other, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. NXT was down eight point nine, and uh, AEW was down three point eight. So almost twice, a little more than twice as much. Uh, NXT was down. Mm -hmm. hmm. That's a good question. I never thought about those back and forth channel viewers. Yeah. And yeah, and that would make sense. I mean, I used used to do that with the family back when it was you're switching between WWF and uh, and WCW, right? And I, so I I can see that being a total reality for sure. Well, that, I mean, I just I'm sure this is the first time I ever, you know, pay, you know, this is the first time Rob we've actually looked at ratings and made. You know, trying to figure out what's going on, so I'm sure we're sounding pretty stupid to a lot of people right now. Of course, that's what's happening, y'all. But uh, <laughs> but no, I wonder that. I wonder if that's what happens. Tom has a very interesting question about AEW. Sid, how similar do you think AEW is to how WCW was in the '90s? Merry Christmas. It's close, uh, but not even, but not. It, it's in the same direction, but not close. Uh, meaning there. They try to be, which you know, at the same time WWE versus WWF. It was they were better wrestlers, uh, and had better talent. At one time, had a much better talent. Can't say I think sort of the opposite. I think they have better wrestlers, and I think WWF or WWE has better talent, better production. Like they've always had better talk, but, uh, better production. Um, but this to say, we've always I've compared that that um, the Young Bucks to. Um, Rock and Roll Express, other than the Young Bucks are much better, even they're a thousand years apart, their bodies are about the same. And that's the weird thing, right? They should be much better fit than they are, you know, uh, to really stand out. Where the WWE guys look much better, much better production, but they're just not having, they don't look as good. They're not having as much fun. Or they don't, they're not coming across to us, or at least to me, like the other company is. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris here mentioned, he goes, I can only watch Ring of Honor and Raw. I'm rocking the antenna in the boonies. And he said, you don't sound stupid. Well, the thing about the, I watched Ring of Honor the other night for the first time. God, is it horrible. Uh, God, it's horrible. Um, I don't know what, maybe I just, first time, maybe I just got a bad night. You know, but this didn't make any sense to me. Um, but it looks like the WWE a little bit with all the, um, how they're trying to groom these people's characters before workers, you know? Mm -hmm. The one Again. thing, I yes. Um, WCW seemed <clears throat> polished next to the WWE at that point, like during the 90s Raw Nitro Wars. Well, no, they did because at that time, a lot of the guys were from the WWF there, you know? Right. But that you know doesn't I mean? necessarily mean a polished product because right. they now flip to AEW. And you can see AEW trying that. 
right. but it doesn't have that polished feel. Right. I, I think where AEW has, or what they have, excuse me, uh, different than WCW had back then. Um, and Sid, if I, I'm only a wrestling fan that watches YouTube videos and gets whatever third-party, fifth-party information I can find. Right. Um, so you can correct me on this, of course, because you were there. Um, but wrestlers talk often about how WCW, after a little while, maybe not right in the beginning of that 90s run, um, it sort of just went off the rails with everybody doing their own thing because of all the, the different contracts that everybody had, the creative control this, creative control that. And <coughs> you, you hear the, the stories of how it was a little bit chaotic um, behind the scenes. And where I feel AEW has... L- a little bit different, of course, if that was true. Um, AEW's chaos is simply just the production getting that all straight, um, which I think this week, the Holiday Bash, was the best production value that they've had in, since they came into existence. I was very impressed. Even the, the, the beginning um, uh, sequence, it was, it, 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 it was a noticeable difference in quality. Um, but mm-hmm. I think that's what AEW has is as far as what product they're putting out. Uh, the chaos isn't necessarily with the product behind the scenes uh, in the ring with the work uh, and the and storylines and whatnot. It's more so like the camera production, the cutting to uh, different uh, shots, the um, accidental flash of a promo in the middle of JR talking and the <laughs> things like that. Um, well, from my understanding, it, is they're almost identical to WCW. Uh, and I've heard just a couple people that I've talked to saying, They've heard personally they're they're there. Heard Jim Ross overspeak that these guys aren't listening anymore. They they don't know what they're talking about. That's the same thing they were saying. WCW. There never was any. Um, um, you said uh, where the guys had uh, got you know provisions or contracts where they didn't have to do things. Only one person had that, and that was Hogan. Okay, but it, it still happened uh, in a weird way. I've talked about it about a thousand times. I'll give you the same story I use. It happened to everyone, though. Everybody did the same thing. Once that that the WCW, it wasn't like that first. Really, the only person you had to worry about that didn't want to do business, or it was always a crybaby about it, was Sting. Uh, there was a few like Stan Hansen didn't want to do it. Uh, they preferred to do a count out before doing a. To me, I love giving the people a finish. I've talked about it before. I used to get fined for doing that when I was told to do a count out, and I'd put someone over. But I, it didn't ever hurt me. But um, again, here's an example. Like, and this is what I see in uh, AEW, and I see it in WCW. Was like, I heard this firsthand. You know, Arn, who's a great, is I'm sure is still a great agent, had great idea for finishes and stuff. He'd come to someone like Disco Inferno, said, "Let's just do this simple finish." No, just a finish, and then Disco would go, well, can we do this? Can we bump the referee and have another referee come bump him and have the third referee come in and sort of cause me to flip over? No, no, no. You know, just stop <laughs> that. Let's do this, you know? Uh, so it happens. It, it um, Now, someone asked me, does it happen in WWE? It doesn't happen, it does, but it does in a different way. Uh, they'll do it sort of same thing instead of giving finishes where they should. With these, you know, same things where a heel just walks away or a person just walks away or they do these things where they involve 72 people from the back, you know, things like that. It's just because they're afraid. That's sort of their way of saying, you know what, we really think a lot about you. We're not going to really get you over, but we're going to, we're not going to just, you know, put the axe. You know, again, it's just their way of saying, this is someone we're protecting and it's sort of stupid. Because no one, right. you're not getting to your objective. You know, you're getting it, but just a little bit, you know. So it's happened in both places. That's fair. That's fair. I think what it was for me, too, like uh, just watching the first match from the Holiday Bash, it was Jericho and MJF mm-hmm. versus Top Flight. And this is what I mean about you can have the WWE talent, but it may not be the polished. You could see spots in there that they were trying really hard to, to get across. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, the timing of all four people was way off and it looked horrible. Mm-hmm. Right. But yet, the ones that they did nail, they made look amazing. Right. Now, hold, hold on just a second, Jeffrey. Let me tell Rob something. Rob, you remember I told you something about when AEW first started? I said, what will happen with these guys? They'll either 
show what they are or what they are not, right? Yeah. And every time you say you see a, a spot like that, and I've said that over the weeks, I'm seeing the same spots, the same group, Jericho and that same guy, the, all these dead spots where the videos, the the, 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 the baiting in the ring, you know, <clears throat> all those were just dead times. If I, I would have to say it, those, and I don't look at the ratings, but there would be times that people are turning the channel a little bit. Again, you keep having that through a lot, you know, and you keep having more of those in your shows and people are going to go, hold on a minute. Let's see what that other show is looking like. And if they get something going over there for you to turn the channel, you know, I thought about this too. We talked about, Rob, you know, the death sentence and pretending one existing territory is taking over another. Vincent did do it all the time too when they pretend Raw's evading SmackDown. Or so, you know, to, for NXT, I'm sure they're thinking about this. I didn't think about this the other day, how stupid for me to take this long. They're waiting just, okay, we're going to let these guys, you know, just barely survive and we see the right time. We're going to start running raw SmackDown people to that NXT, you know, and we're just going to run them right off the air. Well, I mean, they, they've already done that a little bit too. Oh, have they? Yeah, there's, there's a couple of the, the the main roster, if you will, people that have moved down to NXT. Um, well, but you haven't heard, Jeffrey, not to cut you off, but I will. No. Uh, <laughs> what they, this is what the big plan is to do. And I'm going to go ahead and expose it. I'm probably going to get a lawsuit tomorrow um, from, you know, from uh, Vince himself. But what they're going to do as soon as, because, you know, TNA has already done this little deal with TNA and AEW. It's going to do their little, it's going to do what it's going to do. When they feel it's the right time, they're going to put like a ball and chain and just sink them down to the bottom. What it's going to be is Vince is going to come on NXT and he's going to streak during the Super Bowl. No. Yep. And see now, since Sid, if, it, if, so. if if that happens, <laughs> I'll do well, something. I don't know. I got nothing right now. If that happens, I. I he's going to do I'll that. Bow, I, I will, I'll bow down. <laughs> well, um, that's what I heard. I I I hope I hope to everything <laughs> that, that, that that is a moment in tv history that we get <laughs> <laughs> i hope there's a lot blurred or maybe it's fur away but i just want the moment um <laughs> uh, never pointed out something here and now this is something i i i didn't want to acknowledge because technically you shouldn't but it's true never said uh jericho has gotten so fat he looks like greg valentine <laughs> and, <laughs> I swear, man, it looked like something, it's like something bad happened to that guy, like overnight. You know, that's uh, yeah, that's face, not Chris like he's taking collagen injections or something. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, I, I, he he's done. Uh, he used to be a really good singer too, and you hear him sing live anymore. And it's uh, he he's he still sings live, but he sings live over his vocal track. And it's like that you can just tell by the way he sings, he's not in shape. He's winded half, a quarter of the way into that Judas song. Mm -hmm. Well, it's still a cool gig, no matter what. But oh, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he is fat. <laughs> he's got really fat, man. Uh, there's a lot of comments suddenly going on about Shockmaster here, and I'm not quite sure how the topic online got on the Shockmaster. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to go. Oh, oh, here it is. Stuart started the thread. The only thing that will save AEW is if they debut the Shockmaster. I'm going to tell you what. It would not hurt them. You know? Honestly, I mean, the way the business has changed and they're looking for funny stuff now, you know, I mean, it would be something. I mean, it'd be better than to bring it out someone you don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I the guy's over now more than he ever was. Shockmaster versus Luchasaurus. Yeah, or no, Sharkmaster versus the uh, transgender guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, 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 Sunny Kiss? Sunny Kiss. I think that's who it is. No, uh, not Sunny Kiss. The oh, no, 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 you transgender fell, uh, person. Um, Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose, yeah. Nyla Rose is Nyla that Rose. guy. Yeah. And they would do it like in a, in a uh, string bikini. <laughs> And then Vaseline up too with the oil all over them. I think I'll be watching Vince Streak. <laughs> <laughs> Pam has got a question here. In AEW, how similar do you think FTR is compared to Tully 
and Arn back in the day. And who do you think is better? Oh, it's definitely Arn and Tully was better. Um, now, I, I think Tully's a horrible manager. You know, it's just no charisma. I don't, he never had the charisma. Of course, he was always a good worker. Arn, I think, carried the team a little bit. But um, Arn was always much better as far as the interviewer, charisma. You know, always had that swag where, you know, Tully was, he was still a great worker. I'm guessing. I never saw him work. I'm guessing he was. And on here, I'm thinking I missed a comment at some point. Chris made this laughing crazy faces, then said, screw it. <laughs> so yeah. I, if, if there was something you wanted to post and I missed, Chris, please post it again because yeah, it is so hard to catch all these sometimes. Andy here, he said Jericho may be fat, but he would still kick my ass. Yeah, probably so. Uh, so well, I, you know, Chris was, and I don't know this, I never fought with him, but he's supposed to have been a pretty tough or a pretty tough guy. We talked about it, and I didn't see it, but I've been told by well, someone I really believe, uh, Bruno Lauer, who told me the story. He said he was there. He could be lying about that, too. <laughs> but he said uh, Chris Jericho beat up uh, Bill Goldberg, you know. Last week, yeah. Yeah, we heard that several times from other people. I, I've I've heard that a couple times just in the going down the YouTube rabbit hole, if you will. Again, now, I, I can't confirm anything, of course, but I've heard that for sure. We did an episode of the podcast before we went live about rumors on the internet. Mm -hmm. And one of the best ones that we were able to debunk was about Sid and a squirrel. <laughs> You remember do, that do I want to ask? <laughs> I saw yeah. that in three different videos. Of what? Me in a squirrel in my pants? Yeah. Really? It was in three different videos. That's why I brought If I'd seen it in one, I wouldn't have paid it any mind. Right. But it was in three separate videos. Where was I at? They never said. They just said that you were in the locker room and you have right. well i'm saying you you you're not seeing a video of the squirrel in my, in my pants oh no 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 these are three right. different people talking about the same right video. well that's what i'm saying yeah now um no that never happened yeah <laughs> just so you know jeff and it was so bizarre they said that sid traveled with a squirrel okay yeah squirrel Who would well, travel well with squirrel? i did travel with some squirrels uh um microtunda yeah <laughs> <laughs> It was squirrely. But no, squirrely. Um, Bruno Lauer, Bob Holly. They were my buddies, but they were squirrels. <laughs> always hung, I always hung around the riffraff in the business, you know? Well, those usually had the best time, right? Yeah, they were the easy going, did what I said, was on time. I could yell at them. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Uh, nope, they're still talking about Shockmaster. Never says, I learned recently that if you listen closely to the Shockmaster debut on YouTube and turn the volume all the way up, when Shockmaster falls through the wall, you can hear Sid in the background laughing, saying, I fucking told you he'd do it. In reference I, I, to the two I, white Well, you don't, have, I, you don't have to turn it up. <laughs> you no. can Well, I, the story was, I was there, I'll tell you again. Uh, we were going through rehearsal that day. It was We were standing at where they were going to build the wall for him to come through. And there's a two by four stud on the floor, like there always is when they're building a wall. That's to tell the carpenters that maybe you want to notch out that two by four off the floor when he comes through. He's going to have a helmet on. <clears throat> he's not going to be able to see. They said, "No, don't you? Why don't you just mind your own business?" I said, "All right, all right." Yeah. <laughs> so you know, later that night, we're doing the deal. Boom! I said, "Same." I, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. beautiful. That's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> Joel's got a good question here for you. Why did WWE bury Sting? You know, I don't know. I always wondered that. Um, would you see something like that? There was, especially I know Sting. Everybody knows that no Sting knows how he is. He hated that was one of the things he did want to do is put people over. Um, you know, I don't know why he would all of a sudden change his mind to come in for just a few shows. And then from my understanding, I only heard this, you know, where he was going to do a little bit. All of a sudden he said his back was hurting or something like that from working with 
one of those guys and didn't want to do it anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. What I feel like happened was he just said, you know what? This isn't what I thought it was going to be. I've told the story about me being there, you know? And I can see that happening to him. And going, hey, this just isn't worth it, you know? That, and I don't know. I, I'm just really guessing at that. <laughs> Craig's got one good. Jericho, two words, light beer. No, that's not light beer, man. <laughs> that's full-blown all-the-way beer. Some high-calorie bubbly. Cheeseburgers with that, chasing him. <laughs> uh, He's here. been eating with Jake Hager. He just hasn't gone to the gym with him. Yeah, looks oh. like Jake somebody beat Jake up uh, a few weeks ago. He had his eyes were all black and stuff. Oh, I, yeah, he because um, he still fights MMA and he he had a fight. Man, I hate to see the other guy. Oh, the other guy, not good. Are yeah. we talking Jake Roberts? No, no, Jake uh, Hager. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, did, yeah, did, Jake did. Roberts is in that MMA scene now. He's uh, <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna pull a Phil Brooks and. <laughs> Oh shit, man. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. Uh, no. I always uh, I always liked that Jack Hager, what his name was. You know, the one time I did the anniversary show with him in, where it was Fort Wayne and St. Louis, I went had a chance to talk to him. I said, Man, I've watched you. I really like you. Because he's a hell of a worker for a big guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, so much. Uh he just um but I said I I even asked him, I said what have you done here, man, to uh, be where you're at? Meaning, trying to help him say, get out of what you're doing and get into, get your, just think about yourself. You know what I wanted to tell him. You know, hmm. oh, but he's doing okay. good now. Yeah, he, he cut he cut one hell of a promo uh, this week uh, w- with Jericho and MJF in the ring after that match. And uh, well, that, that's one thing I, I've always been impressed with him because he doesn't get on the mic much. Uh, but when he has those little moments of communication, whether he's talking or whether he just has that like little look to a camera or something, it's, right. I, I'm well, a theater guy, right? So I, I love that. I, I eat that up. And he just he seems to have that timing perfect. He doesn't. Well, everything's good about it. He, his work is solid. He's real credible looking. And when he says something with all those things working together, you want to believe him. Because mm-hmm. his work is believable. Like I said, he's a machine. He's almost like almost as good as Kurt Angle as far as working, but he's a little bit bigger. Um, he's got that, unfortunately, just got that wrestler look, but still, um, that maybe that slumped over shoulder type mm-hmm. of deal. But still, man, he's a machine. A machine. Um, that's the thing, is too. Those are the kind of guys that I've talked about. Those are the ones you want working for your territory or working with you because they always work hard. You know, make very few mistakes. Um, don't get out out of the, their box or their foot off the curb too often. But they do. They don't make mistakes still. They're real sure of themselves. And that's what you want. Solid, hardworking people. Looks like he's he's pretty. He's um, somebody you could trust in the business. I don't look. I don't see him and say he's a problem. You know, um, he's doing business. You know, mm-hmm. so I hope the best for that kid, that man, a grown up. Well, and that, that confused me too, like when Sting did come in for that same reason, you know, when a talent is that good in one promotion, it should be that good in another. Right. And um, Stuart mentioned the fact that it says because Sting is a WCW guy is why they pretty much buried him because he said they also buried DDP. Well, I'm a, real quick, they did bury DDP and I'll tell you why. This is I know this 100% fact because DDP told me the story himself. Um, he's just coming to WCW. I was just about to leave to go to WWF the first time. We was just doing a road trip like one day together, and that's all I could take. The guy's an idiot. I like. I can't even say I like him. I don't dislike him. He's just dumb. Um, <laughs> so he's telling me this deal where he, he goes, yeah, man, I tried to get up to Vince. I'm going to get up there. Um, I sent this video, this 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 uh, shot or this, you know, this video where they made, he says, shows um, me and a, a convertible, the carload of good-looking girls going down the highway, you know, and then I come busting out of the screen. They go, hey, I'm DDP, blah, 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 blah. He goes, I bet they think that's awesome and stuff like that. I said, 
I said, man, I bet they're fucking laughing at you right now. No, that's the stupidest <laughs> thing I ever heard. I said, you know this. I said, they know before they ever meet you, they know if you're going to get over, if you're going to make any money or not. You know, you don't have to do that. I said, I've never seen, and I've never seen a video, never made a phone call to that place. They got a job within two seconds of calling the office. You know, they called me. So, again, it's like, you don't have to do all that to get a job, guys. You know, just do like, you know, like Kurt Angle, just be there. But no, again, uh, DDP is a good guy, but he's uh, uh, dumb. <laughs> well, Craig followed up. He said, WWE seemed to bury every WCW guy except Goldberg and Booker T. Well, they did sort of bury Goldberg. They, you know, they put him in that little spot and they said, okay, this is all you can do. If you get off outside of that, you're going to kill the territory. I'm just joking, sort of, not really. <laughs> Hmm. Um, again, uh, and then they, they, they beat him just as bad as he, they let him beat Brock, you know, and it was over that they, they wanted that one little deal for that game. From my understanding, um, now Booker T, I never really saw what they did with him, you know, um, be honest. I know he was in there and I, I, I don't know, but I don't, I mean, when Goldberg came in, everybody watched that. So again, and that we're not Booker T. When that's, I just broke my leg and I wasn't watching wrestling, so I don't know what they did there. But um, I'm not saying I can't say they like made him the greatest thing in the business. They didn't do that, you know. And Booker could have been one of those people that took the pennies on the dollar to get a job there, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I'm don't know that, but I'm, I bet you that was one of the things because they said if you didn't do that, you know. That would, and they, you know, they did that to people that didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Leffler, Leffler here said Sting needed more Robocop. <laughs> no, what it is, guys, Sting is this. Just like I've talked about, this is just another bad decision Vince McMahon made. Vince McMahon <laughs> made is this. Just like with uh, talk about um, Sabu, for what he does, those hardcore matches, he's the best in the world at it. And if you got your business going, even if it's not, and you're just trying to get your business going, you got somebody that does what he does. You go, okay, I want this guy on the card. We know he wants to win. He doesn't want to lose. Just put him with somebody that doesn't really matter a lot, but they have the same kind of match, and they do their match, and it steals the show every night for their type of match, right? Same thing with Sting. All right, we know he don't really want to – he's just an attraction. He wants to woo and do 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 and all right, let him do that, and he'll sell those tickets. And they'll sell the merchandise. Something happened there where Vince goes, "You know what? You're gonna buck me, or you're gonna tell me, or do something. You know, this is what happens to you. Just a bad. It wasn't Sting's fault. It was the business fault." Okay, I can see. That. You, if you're a business guy, when you go, we only know this about this guy. I'm not gonna come and bring him. Just make him miserable. You know, Sting was, a, you know, you're in WCW. That's like, it's not like it's working for the one of the major corporations in the world. You went for that to work for a carnival and they're wanting you to do what you don't want to do. You know, you're not right. with your friends you're by yourself. Again, um, you don't do that. You know, I remember you saying the big difference between those two companies. One was like a business. The other was like a carnival. It was it's not like it was. So. Yeah, I could see it. If I was stepping into that kind of position, I'd probably back out again really fast. Yeah, well, again, you're older. You don't need to do it. Even if you do need to do it, you don't want to. And I talked to Sting a million times. He told me, he said, Sid, I'm, he said, do you still enjoy this? I said, yeah. He goes, man, he goes, I ate. Now, two years after that, after I broke my leg and I was doing a show up in Canada, uh, an independent show, and that was the first time I – felt like we, I knew what he was talking about after I did the show that night for no reason. My whole body just, it was like total pain and it did that afterwards. So I knew what he was talking about. So if you're going through that and all that other stuff, you're not having any fun, you know, in WCW before he went there, everything was so much fun. You're with your best friends playing golf every day, blah, blah, blah. Now you're getting beat up by Roman Reigns or not him, but Seth, whatever, Rollins. I think that was the guy that was hurting him every night. He said, you know what? Forget this, man. They don't appreciate this. I'm not having fun. They know what I, what I, what I really like to do. 
You know, that's just bad coaching. And I used to compare Vince to bad coaching. He was like one of those coaches in football. You had like, you know, 15 seconds on the clock. You needed a touchdown right then. You had, you know, 47 yards to go too far for a field go. Um, instead of, you know, something creative, he Vince to draw, draw play, you know, something they could stop, you know. Good coaches are good coaches when you can, when you get a touchdown that last deal. You know, you got to play to send the troops in. Or a good general in the war. Vince isn't that. He's only good when he's winning. And we, when we're, we're all good when we're winning. I am. I'm good all the time. <laughs> you know? William Cook asks Sid, is it true that you got heat for kicking out of Hogan's leg drop? If so, what are your thoughts on Hogan going into business for himself and hurting others? Example would be kicking out of Vader's powerbomb leading into a pay-per-view. You know, the finishers are made to be uh, kicked out of but No, I never got heat for kicking out Hogan's powerbomb leg drop. Um, no, I didn't. But no, finishers are made to be kicked out of at some point, you know. Um, that's, that's what builds heat. Right. That's what gets sells tickets at some time. Hmm. Uh, let me see here. Jeff Hahn says, uh, when are you going to make an appearance in the Florida area? Well. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. Until you guys get rid of COVID down there, nobody's coming down there. <laughs> Here's one from Jamie Carlson. Uh, what did you think, Sid, when Ron Simmons won the WCW title? I was happy for him. I was too. Uh, I think I brought that up. We were talking about Mount Rushmore a few months ago that we sh he should be on there for his wrestling, the first black world champion, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think Bill Watts was the booker under that too. And where was the other one here? Did it, did it oh, and this was a, just a comment, but it's kind of true. Uh, Joel, Joel Bateman said, Sabu doesn't really fit in with the WWE. Well, he did it when it was going on, stupid. Don't be a smart-ass to me on my own show. Hey, you're on the show. <laughs> Unchide yourself. That's it. And we'll think about bringing you back, okay, smart-ass? No, th I said this was back when the, they were doing that show. They were actually had a show called ECW. Remember that, Smarty? <laughs> I know everything about the business. That's what's wrong with you internet trolls out there. You and Eric Widgen out there at Cyclist Promotions. Keep to yourselves, all right? You know nothing. Remember this. <laughs> When you're talking to me, even when I'm sitting down, you're looking up to me, okay? That's how it works. And I didn't deal you this hand in life. God did that, and it's Christmas. <laughs> Figure that out, you know? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, Patrick Law has got a long one here. Uh, one invasion angle that might have worked would have been to bring the Road Warriors into the WWF in the midst of the Sid Vicious versus Hulk Hogan feud. Sid and Hogan could have teamed up to rid the WWF of the Warriors, who had, after all, captured the tag team titles of all the other major promotions by that time. Sid could have brought in Tojo Yamamoto and counter, to counter Paul Ellering. The AWA wow. and the WCW would have had kittens when McMahon's guys defeated the tag team. I'm going to tell you what. Hire this guy. Is this, <laughs> this, is this the writer for the WWF or something? Patrick Law. No, Way to go, Patrick. That's a, that's a good together little short scenario. You could do something off of that. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not kidding you right now. And I'm not kidding you. That's better than some of the major angles I've seen presented to people in this business. I'm going to give you one of them. This is no shit. The Shockmaster. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. They didn't know where that was going even when it, if it, he would have made it through the wall. You know? They didn't. Mm -hmm. Oz, another one. This is better, kid. You got a business. You got a future in this business. Uh, or kid, I couldn't see the picture. Kid, man, young lady, or whatever. The, the picture looked like. A I know. Young look person. Like, yeah, he looks like a young kid. I like that kid. There we go. Um, where was I? Just had one. Well, I've said the future are the real people. <laughs> see, uh, John here said, "Sid, will you watch any of the upcoming season of Dark Side of the Ring?" Yeah, I always watch a little. I, I, I really, like I said, I really wanted to watch, and I th still think the best one was the Von Erics. Just what a tragedy all that was. Um, 
Yeah, I'll watch it. It's, I'm sure they're not going to change. They'll get worse about trying to give some of these guys 15 minutes of fame to make themselves look stupid. Not to help anyone in the long, in the short or long run of things. You know, this the thing is, if you're doing something like this, do some, give something back. You know, just like if, uh, again, this I'm not going to go into it. Uh, stop. This, this is just another someone taking using wrestling business as a vehicle to profit off of it. And I'm just going to say, I'm just going to use one, for example, off the top of my head, one with the Road Warriors. You got the guy to come up there and talk about his partner, and then he passes away shortly after. And then the business just gets another, just a just a domino of rumors. What happened? Why did he do that? How did he do this? Was he another one? Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't give the business a chance to breathe from just of being you know, pushed under the water. Uh, again, again, it's just, you know, there was like one guy years, a couple of years ago, something Oliver, HBO or Showtime. It was a comedy. I didn't like it, but at least it was a few minutes of talking about sort of the real stuff that needs to be talked about in the business to um, somebody. Who was I talking to the other day? Talking about just the deaths of just, uh, kid Jeff from California just in the, this, this past year, you know? So again, they'll profit off of it. They'll tell some of these guys, they'll give them a call and go, Hey, we're going to give you a few minutes of, um, back on do the show, dark side of the ring. You know what the upside for you, sir, you're going to go get your name back out there, <laughs> you know? And that's what these guys get. You know, we're not going to do anything for the, for the future. We're not going to try to help you or we're not going to do a show that says, Hey, you guys need help. You know what I mean? They're going to just say, we're going to profit. We're going to push you guys aside. We're going to do another group of you. Just like that. We're going to tell the same group, the, not, the other group, the same thing we're telling you. You know what? This is going to give you that next 15 minutes of fame, buddy. It's going to give you that pushback to start them. That's what these guys live off of. Yeah, Unfortunately. I, you know. I, I, th- I, I think that's exactly right. Um, the, the one episode in the seasons that they've done that I would say – whether it was intentional or not, accomplished the opposite of that was the one that they did about the tragedy with Owen. Um, only right. because... no, 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 it was good. Just and they were corny. You no, know, we like say corny. I, I do corny stuff about wrestling. I, the mm. one about David Schultz, it was harmless. You know, oh yeah, I'm not, I, I, you know, I'm and sure then the Owen out. one was. I saw the one with Owen. It was really good. It was. It did. You know, at least it was somewhat positive. You know. Yeah. Um, then the one about Ben Wall, it wasn't bad or anything, it was just think a little bit boring. And then it was what just about Ben Wall was, you might have said it was about Ben Wall and uh Eddie Guerrero, you know, it should have been both of them, you mm-hmm. know, with that. That's pretty much what it was. Again, um, I think I've said this once before, I wish they would at least edited one scene out of there. Um, we know this happens, but when Vicky Guerrero said. You know, she just left Eddie there to die. I wish they maybe left that out. Yeah. You know, because um, we know that happens. But, um, again, it just solidifies what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, they weren't smart enough to go, you know what, that's distasteful. Let's don't show that. Yeah, that, it's unnecessary for the story. Right, exactly. No so, again, it. they're not – that's a – that's a, that's a, this just proves what I'm saying. You know, they don't, they don't care about these guys. That's They're 15 minutes of fame, and you're doing that to them that's pushing them underwater again. You're not lifting them out and go, hey, let's, let's let you breathe for a second. No, it's yeah. not. Yeah. The the one thing I, I would mention about the Owen one, just in regards to what happened after, I think I think why it was significant that it happened, that he, um, they had Oge, especially the, the boy um, on there speaking about it, uh, is because just a couple months prior, or I th- the, the year prior when they had the Hall of Fame uh, ceremony, you had Mark Henry up there and of course, him and, and Owen were very close, and he got emotional, and he pleaded uh, to, to the family uh, to, to, to allow um, Owen into the Hall of Fame and all this stuff. And I think that kind of got a lot of fans emotional about the whole situation again and wanting to uh, have WWE celebrate Owen. Um, and then when that episode came out and you, you heard just calm, cool, and collected, but raw emotional stances from... Oh, from uh, forgive me for it, it's Martha, his wife's name, correct? Yeah, yes. I guess. Um, uh, like when you when you when you heard those perspective, I felt like it 
almost took that public heat or, or maybe not heat, but public pressure off of them. Um, we, we, you know, with the social media, like the let Owen into the hall of fame, all this stuff, they kind of explain why and they don't want that. And I don't think anybody could really argue with it at that point um, right. with, the, with the justification they provided. So I think that that is probably one of the only noticeable healthy things that came out of, um, of, of these episodes other than just telling these stories again, which again, I mean, they're doing them well. Um, but I see what you're saying. Kind of just, uh, maybe the ulterior motives are, are a little bit less genuine. (laughs) What's up, Sid? Uh, Oh, uh, (laughs) wow. Uh, that was you're right on the mark, Jeffrey. <laughs> wow, uh, Rob, I'm just checking our ratings on that segment there. <laughs> Shit, I think we just died with NXT right there. I think we went into a drop right there. Oh, okay, great, Jeffrey. And if anybody's still listening, if anyone's still awake out there, I you have a, show a lot going of here. feelings. <laughs> Never oh, man. may have said, "Internet Sid has arrived." <laughs> <laughs> Even the doctor says, I love internet Christmas, Sid. Show no mercy. <laughs> See, I was just trying to give you the silver platter to fuck well, that excitement what, I was, back up. I'm, I'm sitting here like one of those guys at USC. I'm looking at the clock going, can I make it this next th- three seconds? So I, go, what? <laughs> I, got a, I got a tap. I was, a, I was blacked out there. No, I, was thinking, I almost maybe knocked you, out Sid. I said, maybe you can finish the show. And if we, if we just be quiet, he'll do the next six shows for us. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome, Jeffrey. Curse of a front man. What can I say? Right. Dude, I bet people. I bet people scream. Bring a macho man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, brother. <laughs> uh, Stewart asks, "What's more important in professional wrestling today, and what is more favored, having mic skills or having in-ring ability?" I think they're both important. It's just like saying is, is dieting and working out and fitness, what's more important? You got to do both. Same thing there. If you want to be on top, you got to do both. I think, though, if you, um, you know, let's say Chris Benoit, you know, um, and Kurt Angle, their ring skills were much better than their mic skills, and, and that really put them to where they were in the business. So maybe having better ring skills than mic skills would be, put you in a better spot. I can't argue with that. <laughs> you know, both those guys are hellacious. Really, got themselves there for their ability to wrestle, not be able to talk. You know, and I don't think anyone did it any better by just wrestling. You know, Ricky Steamboat's another one. You know, not a great talker, but considered the best worker of all time. Yeah, his his promos they were consistent. Right, boring, but consistent. Yeah. <laughs> they were Rob Bellamy like. Right. <laughs> Welcome, Internet Sid. <laughs> Mark Mark Kubal says, uh, Sid, professional wrestling needs a reboot. You come out of retirement, and I'll team up with you. We'll take on all the young bucks. There you go. Well, our bodies would look just like the young bucks, so we could do that. But there's only two of them, so that shouldn't be too hard, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scott's loving this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me see here. Craig says, Sid, have you ever read Lex Larry Luger's book, Wrestling with the Devil? It was pretty good, I thought. No, I haven't. I'll be honest with you. I've never read another wrestler's book and never will. I know most of them. They were stupid when I met them and knew them. I'm sure their book would be just as stupid, if not more stupid. I can't think of any smart wrestlers other than myself. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, honestly, I know the guys. Why would I? And then I'd read it and go, God, they're lying about everything. Not I could hear that all. Like Jeff, uh, Jeff from out of California. He he's like one of these marks on the internet. He calls me yesterday. Sid, you know Virgil's talking about you. And I was like, Virgil talks about everybody. Virgil's like retarded. You know, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I love him. He's a nice guy. It's like you know you. You're like you know you see a dog on the side of the road, you feel him, you feel bad for him, but you don't pat him, right? <laughs> that way. Away from you, you do that, but um, but no, um, Virgil's like that. I said, even like in the corner talking to himself, like, Yeah, let's see, that's the way they're just like, He's crazy, he's weird. You don't talk to people like that, you don't fuck with them, you know. 
But now, um, what was the question? <laughs> I actually forgot. What was uh, no, wait, let's just end it. There's next question. Okay. <laughs> okay. Take yourself out. Whoever said that question, and ask to get back in next week. Right. Yeah. Um, Tom here says I can see Sid power bombing Jeff for trying to put him to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what was the other one? I would take that bump any day. <laughs> I wouldn't get up, but it would be a story if I could. <laughs> oh, here we go. Chris has got the match. Robocop versus Shockmaster. That's it, man. <laughs> They're both the careers in the wrestling business are about the same length. And they both have about the same culture. I mean, um, uh, following, you know? <laughs> they both had the same amount of wrestling time. <laughs> That's a good man. Who is that? That was Chris Leffler. Okay, Chris, you're getting up there. You're good. <laughs> oh, there we go. Scott says, I'll buy that for a dollar. No kidding. <laughs> I think we all will. <laughs> for a dollar. Uh, you got that. You got that. Uh, Adam Hansen says, I'm just an indie guy, and I sold more merch at the show I did with Virgil. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. No kid, he is. But again, Virgil's a nice guy. He really is harmless, uh, you know. But he is goofy. And so this guy calls me and says, "Yo, Virgil's online talking about you on Twitter." I'm thinking, Virgil talks about. I see Virgil like in the in the hallway talking himself about someone down the hall. Yeah, look at Sid. He thinks he's something, right? Yeah, I break his leg like a twig. You know, of course he says that to people. You know, I can't beat up every retarded person I see. <laughs> Craig says, I almost got in a fist fight with Virgil in Connecticut. Oh, <laughs> See, I don't have to knock Virgil. Everyone else will. Oh, no, man. what it was, too, that I, this, everybody will love this. Jeffrey, or Jeff, Jeffrey, the guy Jeff. Jeff says that uh, Virgil tells tweets or something says that he was a cornerstone of the business. And uh, that's what now he probably was working you know, on managing and working the road with Ted DiBiase. Ted probably said that one night and Virgil probably put himself in the same equation, you know, because Ted was stupid like that. Ted always put him saying stuff and like, I'm the course. No, no oh, you're man. a job guy, Ted, with a bad body. <laughs> you know, you're um, on your way out. Uh, he's a stooge. Ted was a big stooge. I never, ever met him. <sighs> Yeah, well, he's a he's one of those guys who's got as a puppet, you know, as a crutch. Uh, you know, of course, he's put on the road with me, you know, to see that I didn't get in any trouble. And uh, this is after he'd been caught having an affair and took, you know, religion out. And man, me and Bob Holly, so I won't put anyone on the bus. Yeah, me and Bob Holly, everyone would we'd have to watch him to get him to the room where he wouldn't chase some ugly fat woman. I hate saying that, but just another woman. And, um, couple times we had to put him away. I told you a story about he sort of, that sort he did, uh, invite himself to a wedding. I think we were in Canada. And uh, me and Bob sitting there watching him. And uh, this guy sits down next to us. And he ends up being a uh, private investigator. And he, told, he tells us that he's there to investigate this guy who's married that there at the wedding to meet this woman. And long story short, I get the guy over to take a picture with him and ask him what he's doing here. And the private investigator films this, right? And here's the guy said, are you married? Is this your wife? No, this is my friend. I go, are you married? He goes, no. And then, so the guy gets all this and goes, I'm sure you know, the guy hates me. Whoever I filmed doing this too. But we did that waiting on Ted to come out of a wedding one night. Oh, man. True story. <laughs> so somewhere I've worked as a private investigator in Canada. A man of many talents. Good, man. <laughs> Who needs the Dosakis guy? Exactly, man. I can, yes. I can I could uh I love that the sake commercials, man. They can parallel <laughs> parallel bark park of yacht, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he just don't bite me out of kindness, out of respect, you know. Oh, here we go. Andy says Virgil is currently my butler. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh you know, man. Virgil was one of these guys too. It wasn't it had to be, you know, if you thought everyone was dumb that did this, you would think everyone was dumb. But first of one of those guys like that night I was doing that night where I smashed his face into the turnbuckle, you know, broke his nose, supposedly. It was like a 15-second gig. It was walk out, just pull, I beat him up, push his face into it once or twice, and that's it. And we say we get a TV like 1 o'clock. He kept coming to me, 
you know, every 15 minutes, hey, how are we going to do this? The birds will stop. It takes like 30 seconds to do this. I'm not going to go over this again with you, you know. Oh, we have some more information on the Craig fighting Virgil story. It says, me, Brian Nobbs, and Sherry Martell got Virgil so pissed he wanted to fight us all. Me and Nobbs <laughs> couldn't quit laughing at him. <laughs> no, I'll tell you, me, Nobbs gave him crap all the time. A lot of people gave him crap, you know, because he was an easy target, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. No, absolutely. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Sid. This has been awesome, even though uh, Sid pretty well buried me. But <laughs> man, it's, uh, it's, uh, It was an know. honor. It was an honor. Well, I appreciate it. We do really appreciate you coming in and being a sport about things, everything, Jeff. And maybe some night if you're not doing anything, we'd love to have you back sometime. Yeah. No, that, that'd be great. I, uh, I would love to. I'd love to. All right. Well, man, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and your family. Merry Christmas, Sid. Thank you very much. Rob, same to you. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. You got it, buddy. Talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. Talk to you soon. Don't let the, don't let the back door Santa get you tonight. Clarence Carter. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. There we go. Um, I do see Macho Man Randy Santa here. Let's try and bring him on. Hopefully this works. We've been having some computer problems, so I'm hoping this works. Can I take a two-second break, P? Yeah, absolutely. I'll bump you out while we talk to uh, Macho Man Randy Santa. And are you there? Macho Man Randy Santa, are you there? See, in the North Pole, with all the weather, it's... The internet is not the best. I don't think we have Santa online right now. Hmm. Okay. I am going to back him out. I apologize, everybody. Oh, wait. Let's try this again. There he is. You're going to try it again. I am way upstairs, my man, and everything is downstairs. I cannot ah, get a signal down there. Very let's good. Go for, let's go for a run and see what happens. Okay. Cut through somehow. Let's travel through the old worky shop. See what happens. are short. We can't see them. Let's say yes. That's right. Let's see how long this is going to last here. Hey, look at that. There we go. We're good for, we're good for a couple of minutes, aren't we? And there's Sid. Look who we got. Macho Man Randy Santa's back. All right, man. Good. <clears throat> well, hello, hello, hello. Yeah. <laughs> so now, as you know, when we got done our episode last week, I jumped on really quick and I said, we got some gifts from Macho Man Randy Santa. All you had to do was comment. I took all of those That's names right. and gave them to Santa. Lucky you. Yes, I did. Yes, you did. And I've got every one of them things right here, and I'm hoping not to drop them. You know what? This is going to be a tough one. Very, very tough one. Because I cannot turn it. Actually, wait a minute. Let's do it just this way. This is the easiest way to watch this. For anybody that wants to see, I know I'm sorry it's hard to see, but they're all there. Wow, that's cool. Five names. We need five names, guys. All in here. There was like 50 or so. Nice. That's awesome. So let's see who we got. We've got two right here right off the bat. So, wait a minute, we've got three. We've got a Mr. Douglas O'Shea, yeah. How about you give us a dingo and serve with a macho man to see all of these things. I'm sure you can. There we go. Uh, and we've got John Donaldson. There's another one. Those, those mittens don't look very much for picking up small pieces of paper. <laughs> no, they're not good, sir. Who else do we got? The remake of the and show up. It's not good. What's wrong with the Christmas story? <laughs> Andromeda Maria, you're the next one, number three. We need two more. Let's see. 
if we can do this. Get this done, eh? We got this. Yeah. You got this. Get up on the ball. Sure we do. I dropped it, but that's the one I dropped. Who would this be? This is terrible, but not much we can do. Eric. Eric Paquin, I think. Sorry, this is not the greatest guy, the greatest thing in the world. I'm not good at this, but what do you do? <laughs> That's what You're the doing great. Yep. You're doing yeah, great. Let's try man. one more. Let me try and here grab one eight. You know what? Here I grabbed two, so we're going to do two more. We have got Jeff Burton. And we have got... Miss Shirley Rogers, yeah. Nice. Everybody got those. You know what? Let's go one more. What the heck? Who else? Somebody else wants one. Here. People people are wondering what the gifts are, and never here says, I bet he gives them slim gyms. <laughs> Dustin LaSalle. Yeah. There you go. If you can PM some addresses. Any which where you can PM me, you can PM that man right there. Leave Sid alone, he's a very busy man. And we'll get them out to you just ASAP. My apologies, everybody, for all the delays and everything like that, but I couldn't help it. You have just I traveled very, around the world. I had a very, very long day yesterday, so what, what do you do? Everybody knows who I am anyway. I'm good to go. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Merry Christmas, everybody. And I hope you have a better new year than this year. Well, you have to. You have to have a better year than this year. Merry Christmas, all. Dig it. Oh, yeah. From the Macho Man Randy Santa. The Vicious Circle Podcast and everybody around. Yeah. Thank you very much. Dang it. Thank you so much, Randy. Awesome, it's always good to see Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh man, he is so so cool. He is. And everybody he's had I've had so much good feedback about him. That is awesome. Yeah, I like that guy. He's good. Like you said, I bet they're giving him slim gyms. That's what it is. I bet that's what it is. <laughs> no. But you're just nice just uh have your name put out there, you know, think have, have someone thinking about you, you know, it's nice that he did that. Exactly. Exactly. And um, if you watch his video that he put out on his page, he shows you like there's some wrestling toys. There's some pop uh, Funko pop things that he's given out. So right, he is being very generous and I, I can't wait to, to see what goes out. Well, I wish I had known what he was doing. We could have maybe sent him some stuff or a couple things, you know, yeah, well, maybe Macho Man Randy Santa can visit us next year. Exactly. Excellent. Okay, Sid, any last words? Well, just a happy Merry Christmas and New Year to everyone. Maybe we'll do a New Year's podcast as well. Um, you know, this, like uh, Macho Man uh, Santa Claus just said, let's, let's try to have a better year th this year, everyone, than we had last year. And, um Let's forget about grudges we have against someone this year. Put it past us and let's, you know, look at our friends and our neighbors as just that friends and neighbors from now on and try to take on a different approach to life. And I want to say for this Christmas, uh, just a few people, Merry Christmas, my son Frank and Gunner and my wife Sabrina and my grandson Raylan Cole Udi. You've been listening to the Vicious Circle Podcast. Your host, Sid Udi. Co-host, Rob Bellamy. Additional research by Pete Marsh. The Vicious Circle Podcast is produced by Two Cousin Road Trip Productions, a division of JX3 Media Productions. The intro music is Unleash the Giants by Cemetery Spawn, and the outro music is Digging Space by Mike Trebleman.